It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Today, we're speaking with Brent Pritchett, VP of Systems Integration at Fourwall, to share how video, audio, and lighting systems work together to create seamless themed entertainment installations. Welcome, Brent. Hello. Thank you. So it's so exciting to talk to you. I love a good uh, themed entertainment installation. <laughs> so so, uh, so let's break it down, right? So systems integration, are we talking computer networks or what are we talking there? Yeah, no, I, I do get a lot of confused emails about uh, um, asking for IT support and help, and that's not what I do. Okay, good. Uh, it, it, yes. Uh, I think it's specifically I specialize in lighting systems integration for theme park attractions and entertainment facilities. Okay. So when we talk about a lighting integration, it's really, what, what does that mean from, from that perspective? Sure. You know, technologies have changed so much over the years uh, from being a you know, dimmer circuit to a light bulb um, turning off and on. Now there's so many different ways to get from the power source to what the light actually does that it requires uh, an integrator to help facilitate. It gets above the the manufacturer's capability to support that effort. It's a little bit more than electrical engineers can handle, and it's more than what a lighting designer can handle. So we sort of fit in the middle of the creative and the engineering side of things and the construction side of things to all bring... The, the lighting system into a functional state for oh, the in, so installation. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. <laughs> it's a fun, fun area to be in. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, your negotiator, kind of in the middle there. And uh, t- translation, too, I imagine. A lot of translating Very what someone much so. wants to do to how it can happen. Oh, absolutely. There's, uh, you know, you get the vision of the art, the designers that say, hey, this is our vision. This is what we want it to look like. Um, this is what we want this particular fixture to do or this projector to do, or um, this is what the effect we're trying to go for. And the engineer's like, I'm providing power. Um, so w- w- what do you need more from me? And they don't understand the technology between the designer and gotcha. and the engineer at times. And so the engineer's focused on the codes and, and the construction methods and the designer's looking at this creatively and they don't always be able, aren't always able to meet in the middle. So we fit into that spot where we understand what the electrical engineer needs from the designer and we understand what the designer needs from the electrical engineer and we fit in the middle of it. I love it. Are you a middle child by any chance? No, I'm the youngest. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a middle child. So. I'm like, wow, this would have been a great career for me. It's like I'm born to naturally do that. Yes. You're the middle negotiator in many ways of figuring out, okay, well, this is what we need to do to make this function. Like, are we making everybody happy in the process? For our listeners out there, he might not be aware. What does Four Wall Entertainment do, and what does your role of VP Systems Integrator entail? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, Four Wall Entertainment is a uh, primarily started as a lighting company that did production rental and systems integration. We were, um, began in Vegas, Las Vegas, and slowly grew over the years to be an international company. Um, I've been with the company fourteen years now, and uh, it's been fun to see the growth process. Um, but uh, yeah, starting from just doing rentals for events and conventions for lighting equipment and rigging equipment um, and slowly working the, the company into a much broader market where we're hitting film and television and, and oh, wow. uh, um, we supply a lot of uh, productions of that nature uh, with equipment. And then um, 
And then we also had a systems division that was helping build really large casinos in Las Vegas during that, that time. So we got our teeth cut on some pretty big projects when we were starting as a young company. And, uh, and then we've just used that knowledge base to, to expand out to when we entered the theme park industry in about 2014. We'd done little projects here and there, but uh, when, we, when we began theme parks, uh, uh, we did a big project in California and uh, I just got hooked. It was the, you know, I came with a theater background. <laughs> I, you know, really it's enjoyed that. It's like your that. first ride on a coaster, right? Yeah, it really was. It was like, wow, this is really difficult, but man, look at the output and the, the, the adventure that this thing created, like the working within the themed industry, it's a self motivator. The end goal is the motivation. You want to produce that, that end product and be it the creative side or the technical side, both have uh, very driven elements to them to say, Hey, I, I'm really fascinated by this. I want to see what it looks like in the end. Right. Right. And also there are two disciplines that are very, driven by their craft, right? The technical people want it to be technically perfect. The creative people want it to be creatively inspiring. And so how do you bring that sort of the lighting and the video systems work to create that themed experience, that themed entertainment? Like what, um, talk about how that process begins when an assignment kind of comes in. Sure, sure. Um, our it, It's a very broad way in which we become uh, involved in a project. Sometimes it is at the very beginning at the schematic phase when they're like, Hey, we have a designer on board. We have our electrical engineer on board. We want to make sure that we have an integrator that knows how everything is going to come together before it ever goes out to bid. So we become part of the design oh, process. That sounds like the best possible scenario. It really is. It saves a lot of time in the field when yeah. you've already pre-solved these problems of like, Hey, this light doesn't actually work with what the engineer thought it was going to function with. And so, um, we, we've already solved those problems of, Hey, these are the type of, of drivers that you need for this product. And this is the type of control mechanism, or this is the network that you need to support that, that end goal. Um, but, uh, and it's also a great opportunity for us when we get to work with the creative side there to be like, Hey, dream whatever you want. We'll figure out how to make it work. Oh, and, I, love, I bet they love hearing that. And that's, that's the fun part. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I came from a lighting design background. I, I have that, that innate understanding of how they want to communicate. And so being able to utilize that and into the technology and saying, okay, well, I know what this product does and I think it'll fit your application. Is this right? And then they'll they look into it and they're like, yeah, that's a great solution. Let's, let's put that into the design. And some, what, so what are some of the challenges that kind of come into play in that coordination of lighting and sound? And Oh yeah. When, uh, when somebody asks for something that I want it to be large and small or <laughs> tall and short, or how do we get to that, you know, that perfect situation? And you're like, uh, <laughs> jumbo shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a great paradox at times of, yeah, that, you know, technology isn't quite there in some ways to do everything. We can't, you know, light doesn't stop midair. It continues gotcha. and it's going to hit the wall on the other side. Right, so you got to right. know what you're aiming at. aiming at and, oh, hey, how does that light get seen or whatever? You know, so there's um, the challenges are really trying to make sure that we understand the designer's intent so that we can share the roadblocks that we see from the technology side and the installation side to say, hey, that's not going to be maintainable once it's installed or, um, 
you know, I think what you're asking for is just not possible with the technology we have today. So how do we get it to a, a middle ground that we say, hey, this is what we know is available to us that can do this effect. Um, and then sometimes it is developing something new. Like we, we do have to start from scratch at times. Yeah. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is it harder sometimes negotiating with the engineering side or the creative side? And oh. you can also choose not to answer, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a good, a good exploration. Maybe you don't have to say which is harder, but maybe. That's a great question because I think they both have their own caveats to and it. And that's what they, I was going to say. Maybe speak to a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of, yeah, challenges is like, I, once you get the vision that the designer have, you want to support that vision and you're really driven by it. And and so the challenge there is like telling them, no, I can't figure that out. Like, what can we, what, what's the solution we can come up with? Um, and so that, that's, I think the challenge I run into on the design side, uh, when, when we're really doing something out of the box, um, we do a lot of things that are artistic, like are just simply artistic driven. We have artists that we work with that they're like, Hey, we're building this thing. We want you to put lighting into it. And we have to figure that out. Like, how do we how do we make this function? And um, and so we get to work very closely with some of these uh, artists and designers to create their vision. And and we get invested as well. So I think the hard time that we run into is when we just see, oh, we we can't we can't get there. Uh, I think my biggest frustration is when they just keep changing their mind. Oh, yeah. That's the hardest part on the design side is just it's like, oh, no, I I didn't envision it that way. That's the hardest phrase to to respond to is like, okay, well, how did you envision it? Because you've already told me to this three or four times now. Oh, I can imagine that. Yeah. um, So that that can be a challenge. But then on the on the engineering side, um, they they're very logical in in that nature in the way that we deal with them. So we're basically saying this is how much power we need. And then the biggest conflicts we usually run into is when they go, oh, wait, we we don't have that much power. You know, oh, for the facility, oh, like, oh, oh yeah, well, okay, then you got to ups- <laughs> upsize your switch gear to fulfill the system, and and uh, and that becomes the challenge on on that side. But they're fairly. Once we're involved, it makes their life easier because they're not having to figure out all the nitty gritty details. Um, One of the things that I like to describe is like a designer will say, hey, this is what I need to function. The engineer is saying, "Okay, here's the cabling that you need to get there. And then what we do is say, this is the information that's running on that cabling. And here's what that cable is identified as. That's where we really get involved. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, I was thinking more simplistically, like the creative side is gray and the engineering side is black and white and you're kind of in the middle. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good filter. way of looking at it too. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, we do play that filter at times, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just helping get to the nitty gritty details of how is this going to really function at the end of the day so that lighting designer can walk in uh, or that video engineer can get, turn, come in and say, okay, I want that to turn on. It's this channel, turn it on, or right. this 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 signal, go ahead and and it's ready to work. That's what our job is to say, okay, yeah, we're ready to program. We're ready for you to, to, to create the art now in the space. Cool. And okay. So I'm going to try again to get you to pick favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, so do you have a favorite themed entertainment experience that you've worked on and what made it successful or what led to it being a favorite? Oh gosh. Um, there's some fun ones, uh, over the years that we've worked on. Um, uh, gosh, trying to think if I can be specific <laughs> on some of these, um, you know, in terms of enjoying an attraction, there's been some, there's just amazing things out there. I love, um, uh, one of my 
my wife and I's one of my favorite rides is the Winnie the Pooh ride actually at in Disney Tokyo. Um, it was one of the first trackless ride experiences uh, out there. And uh, um, it was our first time enjoying a trackless system where three pods or uh, honey pots rotate through to the different key position to be front and center of, uh, of the, the scene of that attraction. And that was just fascinating. It was very enveloping. It, it fully immersed you into the experience and moved you along. So that was a very fun attraction that I loved. Um, uh, the, uh, another one that was sort of an odd one was uh, a Scooby-Doo ride at uh, Warner Brothers in Abu Dhabi. Oh. Um, it actually uses a ride vehicle as part of the attraction. You get to see Scooby-Doo on a ride vehicle, just like you're in, actually coming at you um, oh, wow. on a trackless system. And, and you're like, that's I, I've never seen like usually the ride vehicle is for the ride, not for the scenery or not for the experience. And, and so that was a cool use of technology that I had not seen before. So those are the things that really enjoy that I enjoy. I love seeing behind the curtain. Yeah. Like I've always like my kids are like, I don't want to spoil a movie for you. And I'm like, no, I want to know what the ending is. I don't really <laughs> like I, I want to know how we did the magic. It, yeah, I can still. You know. yeah. yeah, I actually I think I enjoy it more when I understand the process to get to the end when I go, oh, wow, that's how they did it. I, I love the 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 Disney behind the scenes things that are on Disney Plus right now. Like. Yeah seeing how they did some of these ride attractions like Indiana Jones and the fact that when the ball's rolling towards you, the, the room actually moves, you don't back up. Like, and you come up to that ball and it starts rolling towards you and you're in the ride vehicle and it, and you feel like you're moving back away and then you drop down to get away from the, the big stone ball. The room is actually moving around you because the track vehicle can't go backwards. Oh, interesting. So they literally take the whole room and move it around you to make you feel like you're, you're moving backwards. backwards. Yeah. And it's things like that that you're like, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That is just neat that that's the way that you make that magic happen. Um, and so those are the things that even though I'm specifically in lighting, I'm very fascinated by the full themed attraction market and how that in, uh, evokes emotion from the experience of, of riding on a vehicle. Yeah. And that passion I'm sure comes through in your work, right? If you're really into it. And oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's a very great self-motivator for me, for my team. The fact that we, you know, we, we see what the end goal is and then we're like, okay, that's what we're trying to accomplish. How do we get there? Yeah. And that's the fun so, part. So I hear that oftentimes you refer to that as, um, uh, as a company for wall says large enough to serve us small enough to care. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So that expression, what does it mean to you? Uh, yeah. So, you know, for wall, I've seen us when we started as a very small company, um, uh, and when I started with the company, there was two offices. We're at 14 offices now across the country and, and around the world. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot more employees, uh, uh, a lot more projects, uh, a lot more ca capabilities to do different size projects. And so that motto to us has always been, you know, as we've grown, we still remember that like, I still feel like we're a small company. I really do. Like, you know, even though our team's grown, when I started, there was eight of us. I think we have like 50 to 60 people within my division now um, that are all focused on different systems projects. But I still feel like we're that team at the very beginning with eight of us trying to, you know, get the project done. And it's just this, you know, ambition to get it there. So I think for us, it's that drive to be like, hey, you know, this is our survival project. We got to get it done. Uh, to, to go to the next best one. Like our last project is our best project kind of approach to things. Like we want, we want to keep getting better at what we do. And, and I think that plays out when we work with 
our clients and, and friends, quite frankly, is what they turn into over the time that we work on these projects is, hey, we're, we're here to support you. We're in this as a partner. Absolutely. And that's the feeling of the, of, we're small enough to care here, but but luckily we have the resources now yeah. as we've grown to really do big things. And that's a great perspective. So. Yeah. And so I imagine um, the fact that what you do is integration, right? Mm-hmm. Systems integration. And you talk about growing from a small business to a larger business. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you use those same principles of integration to keep that small company kind of tightly knit um, team feeling, right? A lot of times as companies grow, they lose that. They lose that. Well, let's work together. How do you, how do you handle that just as an organization? I've seen four wall go through many different organizational re re envisionments, I guess. Uh I don't know how to say just re redeveloping the way we operate. And, uh, um, and so seeing that sort of ever changing process of how do we make sure that you know, we have a brain trust that we started and some of the very first employees of four wall with are within our division. They've been with the company since it started. Um, and uh, I'm not one of the very beginning ones, but you know, right. I've, I've been there for a while with them. And you know, the fact that they've stayed this long is a, a tribute to the growth of the company and, and their, their love for what we do, but that we are a tight group that work well together. And as we try to expand that group, you know, sometimes we've fumbled in that process to say, hey, you know, how do we keep everybody feeling like they're not an island? Right. And uh, and we started one one approach was, yeah, hey, let's put managers in all these different offices and we'll try to put development teams in each area. And we realized we're losing that brain trust that's got all the experience in these remote new groups. And so we have to keep sort of a core national group that's, you know, that we keep together and and you know, work with everybody. So yeah, I'm working a little more with, hub and spoke. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. So I work with my team up in New York and in LA and in Vegas and in here in Florida. And I got a team in Abu Dhabi right now. And, and I'm kind of on the phone or in emails with them every day yeah. about whatever projects are going on. So, and I imagine too, that kind of cross pollination of what a team in Abu Dhabi is looking at, thinking about working on versus a team in New York or Las Vegas, I bet that helps the creative process and the solutioning too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When, when somebody comes to us from within the team with a problem, Hey, I have this issue. How can we solve this? Do you guys know of a light that can do that or a control device that can do that solution? Um, what's the product out there that we know of from a manufacturer that can facilitate? Um, and then that kind of goes to the yeah, bigger you have group. A global, yeah, a global yeah. research yeah, right yeah. there. I just used this thing on this project over here. Can you help us out? You know, does this, will this work for right. you? And, and, uh, and so we try to build on that over, uh, across the team. That's fantastic. It works well. Well, this has been illuminating. <laughs> you must be well so said, yes. you must be so tired of that one, but I love a good pun and I couldn't resist. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's fun. Yeah. Brent, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Folks listening today enjoyed the podcast. You can help us grow by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink.